Spotify. Hello. Thank you for choosing the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist Podcast. Without further delay, here is your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! That's a different one. Welcome to the Librocube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am a different one, a.k.a. the Lackadaisical Librocubicularist. Today, my friends, is Fra Internet Day. Yes, combining Fridays and the Internet on a podcast is just what I have done. It's the peanut butter and jelly. Or, if you prefer, peanut butter and chocolate. Or, if you prefer, peanut butter on your balls and your dog licking it off. Of podcasts. Something I like to say at the top of every show is that there will be spoilers. However, on a internet day in which I am bringing things back from the interwebs, that kind of does not make sense to give a spoiler warning. Yet, the fact... So, I don't give that warning. However, I also always say on internet days that I don't give spoiler warnings, which in itself is a sort of spoiler warning when you really boil it down and get to the meat of the thing. Another thing I like to say is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. Ha! Oh, boy, no. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment in iTunes, as that is what helps others find the podcast. Past. Thank you very, very much for those who have done so. Uh, my friendly neighbors to the south, the Americans, uh, because I have more than five ratings, that means my average rating will show up in iTunes. So thank you very much for those who have done so. Very much appreciated. I need and have tried my goddamnedest to get uh, that same thing here in Canada, where I am. You would assume the fact that I am in Canada and all my friends and family are in Canada would make it easier to get the five ratings that I need in order for my average to show up within the iTunes store. You would assume that, and you would be goddamn wrong. It's like pulling teeth. Pulling teeth. (sighs) Uh, Eventually, I will go door-to-door to the people that I know that haven't rated the podcast and pull their teeth out. Uh, I'm just saying, be forewarned, and forewarned is forearmed, and four teeth are going to be pulled out of your head, you bastards. Not that I'm better. That will take us into our last piece of podcast-related badness, which is today's sponsor, which is Blind Bill... Blind Bill's Braille Pornography Emporium. Once again, today's sponsor is Blind Bill's Braille Pornography Emporium. Thank you, Blind Bill. Couldn't have done it without you. Well, could have, I suppose, technically. Just wouldn't be raking in the dough from all that Braille porn. Yep. One good thing about Braille porn that beats regular porn, the nipples. The nipples. 
I have several items, as I do on a Friday internet day, so why don't I jump right in so I don't have to rush like a rooster with its head chopped off, as quite often happens because of the interweb's overflowingness. Huh? First item is a new item. It is called Bringing Up Nick. This is a very, very interesting idea from the mind of Mr. Adam Sessler. Adam Sessler, who has come up on this podcast a plethora of times. That's a lot of times, I assume. He is definitely easy for me to say my favorite video game uh, reviewer, I think, out there. Him, uh, perhaps him and Victor Lucas sort of tied for first place. Yeah, let's, let's say that. He combines his uh, apparent, and this is after watching, you know, uh, I don't know if I'd go hundreds of hours of footage of him over the years, but that is quite possibly true. Uh, after watching those hundreds of hours of footage, I have gathered that he is a very, very smart man. So he combines that with his reviewing of video games. Now that he has left the television and moved over to the interwebs, it has kind of freed him, I think, to do things such as this, which is at Revision 3, which is the company he works for, which is the YouTube channel that this video is posted on, there is a, uh, a young guy, a young guy who I sort of know him from doing Address the Sets, which is where Adam Sessler will do a, a sort of video hangout and chat with people and talk about video game-related things, or really things of any sort of nature, whatever pops up. And quite often, this Nick character will be the one running the show as far as the technical side of things. Uh, it turns out, <laughs> this is funny, uh, and probably one of the reasons why I like Adam Sussler so much, is that he is one of, if not the oldest per people working at Revision 3. So that kind of... Uh, I'm 32, and he's older than I am. Um, I think he might be hitting his 40th year. Uh, this year. So, happy birthday, I guess we'll say. And Nick is one of the youngest people on this Revision 3 team. So, uh, it sort of came up in conversation, as it will when you work with people, what movies you have seen. And uh, sort of a, a mind-boggling gap in Nick's movie viewing became immediately apparent. So, Adam Sessler would throw out movies that he had seen and had sort of shaped how his personality developed and how he looks at the world. Just those sort of movies. How I like to describe them, and I'm not sure if he used this, but uh, I have a series of movies that I believe everyone should see. And that is kind of what I'm getting this list is comprised of. Movies that just you should see. If you watch movies, these are movies you should watch. Just period. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, these are movies you should see. Movies like uh, Forrest Gump, um, Terminator series. Well, let's say Terminator 2. <laughs> let's say that. Uh, Animal House. Uh, Apocalypse Now. Full Metal Jacket. Uh, the list goes on and on of movies that everyone should see. For example, in this first episode, Mr. Sessler introduced to Nick Aliens as in the Alien franchise, the second of those movies. I wonder... Uh, they, they did explain. I don't really know why they didn't start with the first one. I suppose it makes a sort of sense. Like, if you were going to do the Terminator series, 
you could get away with seeing just Terminator 2, and that'd probably, probably be better for you than seeing Terminator 1 and then 2, just because it's a, uh, you know, better movie. So for the most part, uh, Nick is movie illiterate. He explained, uh, Nick explained why this sort of happened to him. Uh, something to do with growing up in middle America and, um, I don't know, strict parents or some such. Whatever. There's no excuse. Watch these movies. It kind of reminded me of, to a certain degree, The Misses is quite often, I would, I don't want to say movie illiterate, but quite often I'll, I'll throw out a title and she'll say she haven't, she hasn't seen it and it'll just sort of blow my mind that a human being of the almost exact same age as I am has not seen said movie. Uh, another example is that, uh, I know I've briefly mentioned this, you know, 20 seconds on the podcast a couple weeks ago, that uh, we hired it, we hired a new guy at work, and uh, I've already given him a couple of movies that uh, he has to see, because he's 22, I think, and uh, I think the movies I said he has to see were Caddyshack, and uh, I forget the other one, I think it might have been Apocalypse Now, was it? Ah, it doesn't matter. So, there exists people out here who haven't seen these movies. So, this series of videos that Adam Sessler is going to be posting from time to time is going to be a very, very good resource for you to uh, expose yourself to them. If you are listening to this and want to know movies that everyone should see, uh, please feel free to email me. Oh, you know what's a good idea? Uh, okay, I like this idea. In an effort to get audience participation unsuccessfully as I usually am, I will try again, because try, 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 try. Uh, if you email me to the address provided in the closing credits or tweet at me your favorite movie, I will try to send you a movie that you will also like and try to, once again, pull from this list of movies everyone should see. Alright? It's like a, a little mission for me. This talk sort of uh, delved into how Aliens, uh, the franchise in this movie in particular, changed uh, the world of video games, which makes sense because Revision 3, the YouTube channel which this is on, is mostly video game focused. So things like a pulse rifle did not exist before this movie. Many different tropes, tough women, uh, and I should probably move on. I didn't mean to spend so much time on that, but it's just a brilliant idea. So I, I hope you watch it as well. Their next movie they're going to do is Indiana Jones. He has not fucking seen Indiana Jones. Oh my god, just that, that's mind-boggling. Boggles my mind. Next, I will move on to Tabletop. Yeah, I feel like we haven't had an episode of Tabletop in a while, so I thought to myself, hey, there hasn't been one in a while, which means I have not brought it back in a while. If you are unfamiliar with Tabletop, it is the internet show, web series, whatever the hell you want to call it, hosted by Mr. Will Wheaton, in which he will get a Tabletop board game, he will get a couple of friends, and they will play it and film it to great effect, both nerdily and comedically, quite often. The game they played this time was called Shadows Over Camelot. Uh, anything with Camelot in it seems to always appeal to me. Books most heavily included in that list. I've read 
probably more than it is healthy books that take place within the sort of world of Camelot. Sword in the stone type things, King Arthur, what have you. So, this game looked like it would be up my alley. This is a game in which, and this sort of thing has popped up quite, quite often in this tabletop series, that uh, you'll have four people playing, and one of them will be, in this case they call it the traitor, but if you boil it down, it's one of them will be the bad guy. And the other members of the team will not know that you are the bad guy. And they'll all sort of, no one will know who is the bad guy, with the exception of the bad guy. So I think that's a very, very good element to add to a board game. Just that sort of thought of the unknown that uh, you can't trust anyone and everyone could be uh, against you and your that kind of idea. The friends in question in this episode were Miss Tara Strong, who... I can almost guarantee you have heard her voice in one form or another over the years if you have ever watched cartoons, because she is a voiceover actress. I easily know her most for the voice of Harley Quinn from the Batman animated series and other Batman-related stuffs. She was also Bubbles, was or is, now I'm pretty sure that show's not on anymore, on uh, Powerpuff Girls and done just... That's the thing about voice actors. If you know a voice actor, go look at their IMDb page and shit will jump out at you like, what? Oh, she did that? Well, crazy. They also had Jerry Holkins and Mike Krahulik, who are the duo behind Penny Arcade, who, again, if you have nerdly leanings, you will know just what that is. Writer and animator and writers, those guys. This game is broken up in an interesting way in that... Regardless of if you are a good guy or the one hidden bad guy, each turn you take in this game, you have to perform two good actions and two evil actions. So, that's what kind of makes it difficult to tell who the bad guy is, because everyone has to do evil things at least twice per their turn. Now, if you are the bad guy, you are potentially going to do things more evil in such a way that the end becomes much quicker than it would otherwise. But it's very, very difficult to tell, so uh, it looks like a very, very fun game. I wish to God I had friends who played board games, but I do not. There are, along the way, 12 quests that these game players are trying to complete. Uh, I'm not going to go into too much detail on how you complete quests, just wanted to bring that up with the thought that quests can go either way, either good or, e or evil, either pass or fail. And in order for the good guys to win, seven of these 12 quests have to be completed goodly. And there are quite a number of ways that the game can end. Should I give away? Yeah, I, I do give a spoiler warning, and I'm even giving a double spoiler warning, but I do want to say this. And that is that the traitor was... Long pause for you to... Uh-huh, there you go. The traitor was Will Wheaton. Yeah. Uh, so that was good. Something I really, really like about this episode in particular, and uh, I don't think I'd necessarily start with this episode if you've ever seen... If you've not seen episodes of Tabletop, for the reason that Will Wheaton never wins. <laughs> like... Famously or infamously, he never wins at any of these games. <laughs> and it's funny because you can tell he, you can tell he'll kind of play it 
play it like he doesn't care a little bit, but you can tell he really does care. So that adds a, a, a nice level of com- comedic frustration just oozing out of him. So the fact that he was the traitor and did in fact win is just sort of mind-boggling. He was more excited than I've seen anyone excited in a long time. So kind of warned my cockles that this uh, underdog finally won one for the Gipper, probably. Like, uh, excited to the point where normally the winner would get interviewed (laughs) after the game was done, and he was, like, dancing around, and then they were filming where the interview normally would be, and someone's like, where's Will? Like, oh, well, he's uh, running laps of the building in excitement. (laughs) Ah, good stuff. But, uh, yeah, sorry, uh, the reason I say don't start with this one is because if you see this one, you're like, oh, this guy's a jerk, freaking sore winner. But if you've seen all the other ones where he's lost and the frustration that furrows his brow, then you'll think of it like, yeah, he he had this one coming. He had this one coming. Uh, Folks, okay, um, I kind of went slow on those ones, so that means that when I get back from doing eight hours of work, I'll probably have to hurry a little bit through my final items. But, c'est la vie, such is life. C'est la fra internet day episodes of the Lackadaisical Liberal Cubriculus podcast. That is a mouthful, and I will leave with one final mouthful, and that is, of course, to say, Oh my god, I love you, Jerry's. Princess Bubblegum said I could. Don't you know who I am? Oh my god. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back! We are back! We are back! We are back! Back! We are back! Back in action! Hello again! Seven and a half hours work completed. Ha ha! Occasionally from time to time, I will get to leave a half hour early. Why is that? Well, the boss man and I have come to a sort of understanding that because I am freakishly 15 to 20 minutes early every day, and because I 90, I would say, percent of the time work through my morning break, and probably 50% of the time work through my afternoon break, I will occasionally get to leave, uh, you know, a little bit early, such as today. It is not a written rule. It is a unwritten rule. A gentleman's agreement, I suppose you could say. So that is a little behind-the-scenes work-related action, because why Why don't I, without any further preamble, jump right into the interwebs with item the third, I do believe. Although, who keeps track, really? And this is a podcast. (laughs) And by that, I don't mean this is a podcast, although I guess technically it is. I should perhaps specify before I go any further down this rabbit hole that when I say this is, I am referring to the next item, not this as in the podcast that I am currently speaking these words on. Oh boy, oh boy, what have I done? What have I done? I should probably just start over, but that would be professional. And I am anything but. The Nerdist podcast with host Mr. Chris Hardwick has made many, many, gonna go ahead and throw in an extra many 
appearances on this podcast in and Chris Hardwick in sort of one way or the other has come up with the exception of one prop internet day every single one just because he is one of my sort of internet idols as far as the reason I am doing this podcast is because of people like him who has a podcast and when asked how do you get into podcasting he will say just do it just do it he's like nike in that regard uh to be fair it sounds like he more often gets asked how do you get into comedy as in the standing up variety and that's his response just get up on stage and tell jokes and see how it goes so that advice i took too hard and then instead of getting up on stage and doing comedy and that is something that i would potentially do if I had the cojones and time and time cojones let's, let's say time cojones and I wasn't working eight hours a day or <laughs> I guess more accurately seven and a half hours today uh, it's something I think I would pursue you know because why not again anyways I have strayed far from where I wanted to go and that was to talk about this particular Nerdist podcast episode in which the guest was a returning guest in the form of Mr. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks on a podcast is a little slice of awesome. Uh, Tom Hanks and then his guest after that was Slash from Guns N' Roses. So I kind of wanted to bring up those two for the reason that I think they both give podcasts a very, very strong validation from Tom Hanks because I don't think you can think of a bigger movie star than Tom Hanks. Like, who who would be a bigger actor extraordinaire than him? Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm honestly trying to think of someone. Harrison Ford's kind of a... He's a big, big deal. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Anthony Hopkins, he's, he's big in acting, but... I don't know. I think Tom Hanks is a number one, your Hollywood star. So the fact that he does a podcast and seemingly enjoys himself to a very, very high degree doing this gives the podcast as a medium a sort of very strong validation. The other thing I wanted to point out more on Slash's end, but on Tom Hanks' end as well, is that when you do an interview such as this, that is, you know, an hour and change, uh, I think Slash's interview is sort of a prime example in that I'm talking Slash from Guns N' Roses spoke for probably 20 minutes or so about dinosaurs. <laughs> that is a sentence that I managed to get out, but laughed after I said it, because it is goddamn awesome. Not anywhere but a podcast are you going to hear Slash of Guns N' Roses talk about his love of dinosaurs. And really get into it. And get into it, into the, like, serious friggin' scientific archaeology and shit like that, man. It was it was really, really something to hear. And then we'll swing over to Tom Hanks's interview in which uh, I learned that he has type 2 diabetes, which I was unaware of. He talked a lot about acting and sort of the lingo that goes along with it, which uh, surprised me. There was very, very many sort of things a director may ask an actor to do that have a very strange, even, uh, lingo to themselves. That, And these are things I bet you you've never heard of or very, very few people 
haven't been in the acting biz have heard of things like uh, oh shit, what was it called? A Chaplin? Was it a Chaplin? Oh, I forget. Or Groucho Marx. A Groucho Marx. It's a way apparently of standing up from from a seating position and all the while keeping your face in frame. And for some reason, it's called the Groucho Marx. Uh, yeah, that's just an example. So those are just sort of two reasons from two back-to-back podcast episodes of why podcasts in general are awesome. Shit just flies willy-nilly. We're not worried about time, really. We can talk about whatever we want, wherever the wind may take us. And uh, it's just, uh, it warms the cockos a little bit for me that uh, I can say I am a podcaster. Now, that being said, these are leagues of their own, which is a Tom Hanks movie. Uh, Chris Hardwick, for example, putting out a weekly, sometimes bi-weekly podcast that will have millions upon millions of listeners, whereas I have, on average... And uh, the way in which I get this average, I don't know how accurate it is, other than I can see how many people have listened to all of my podcast episodes, how many listens. So that doesn't really equate listeners. But, uh, for example, I have put out 190-something, I'm not going to say, just because I have episode 200 coming up and I don't want to tease it too much. Anyways, 190-some-odd episodes, and then when I log into Podbean, I can see that I have had uh, 19,600-and-some-odd downloads of these podcasts. So that equates to about 100, 100 each. Now, for example, I posted one uh, this morning that has 11 listens, <laughs> so that's not quite 100. But then I can look back, and this still tickles me to no end. I have an episode called Robot Armed Monkey Apocalypse, yeah, <laughs> which for some reason, and I have no idea why, is my most popular episode that has like 220 downloads, so a quite wide fluctuation, but the average over all of those is on. All right, all right. Okay, back into the particulars of this particular episode. Oh boy. Tom Hanks spoke of bosom buddies very briefly within sort of regards of his first appearance on Johnny Carson and uh, made a I think a very astute observation of Johnny Carson in his late night talk show and that's that nothing since or perhaps even before or since has really taken the place of that show in the sense that it was sort of the pinnacle of medias at that time. And this is obviously way post-internet. So you would have actors, funny people, authors, anything going on in media at that time would all sort of gather and culminate on this one show. So if you wanted to know the sort of, uh, let's say, the, the, the pulse of America... And by association of, I suppose, Western entertainment industry and media things, it would come through that show. So, uh, very, very interesting. There's nothing really like that today. I just want to leave the second Nerdist podcast episode with Tom Hanks behind by saying he is 
either an extremely good actor to all around him and is deep down a homicidal maniac, or is in actual, factual, real life, a very, very nice guy. And I think that is the case. Although, being such an amazing actor, you know, the possibility exists that he is acting at all times and has put out this nice personality to all people and has never sort of fumbled in this outward persona, but deep down he harbors a mysterious and dark passenger, Alan Dexter, and perhaps he kills um, people who kill people. Yeah, maybe, maybe he's Dexter in real life. We don't know. We don't know. Okay, let's move on to my last item which is a new addition to my internet day viewing repertoire. And that is something called Tommy Edison XP. Tommy Edison has a YouTube channel. XP stands for experience. Hmm, there you go. The experience you will have if you visit this YouTube channel is to, <laughs> I was going to say, see through the eyes of Tommy Edison which is a ridiculous thing to say because, well, he is a blind man. And his channel involves people sending him in questions with regards to his blindness, and then him answering them in a very sort of forthright, honest, and seemingly, from the four videos I watched, a very humorous manner. So uh, good on him. And it's just sort of one of those situations that would not have existed without the internet, and that is a dude who is blind, who is giving access to himself to the masses, and uh, it's kind of a beautiful thing, really, when you think of it that way. Uh, I started off with a video in which he had questions for sighted people, so kind of coming from the other end of the spectrum. Like, how do you remember colors? Uh, and, and just that right off the top just blows my mind. Yeah, how, how do we remember colors? There's no thought going, there's no conscious thought into me looking at a tree and saying, that is green, I remember that is green because there's nothing there. <laughs> a question like, how do you lose something? Can't, if you drop it, can't you just see it? <laughs> how do you lose something? What is... What, what is fashion? Why, why does fashion exist? Yeah, why does it? Ah, boy. Just mind-blowing, mind-blowing things. And then you get into the other end. I'm sort of just mingling all of these into one, but I watched four separate ones. For example, from his point of view, Intangibles, I believe, was in the title of this one. Um, like the sun. He can't look up and see the sun. Doesn't know describing the sun, says thing said things like yellow, orange, hot. Well, no, no, didn't say hot. He said that is kind of how he knows the sun, um, from its heat. He knows that sometimes he will feel it on his face, and sometimes he will not. Very, very interesting. Even the idea of brightness and darkness, no meaning for him. Clouds. How do you explain a cloud to someone who is blind? Sometimes the cloud will get between the sun and his face that is being warmed. How is that possible? Which uh, opened up a really cool thought, or perhaps even lack of thought, um, has great troubles imagining distances. Like the horizon, for example. 
how do you explain the horizon to someone who cannot see? <laughs> Went on to talk about the Grand Canyon, sort of on a similar note. Why are people amazed by it? Why do people like looking at it? So he can picture a hole. He can be walking and then come across a hole and then feel that there is nothing there. And isn't this just an example of a much, much bigger hole? Why is that at all interesting? Oh, uh, there was a video that I watched where uh, people asked him to draw things. So this is pretty amazing because everything in his life is in three dimensions. So taking something that is in three dimensions and then wrapping your brain around putting it into two dimensions without being able to see, uh, it's just a process that is amazing to me. And it's very, very interesting. Some of the problems he had was just sort of remembering where he left off on the drawings. So drawing two eyes and then a mouth, you can't necessarily remember where the eyes were. So that was a lot of it. But the other things were just seeing him sort of try to do this transformation of 3D to 2D. I highly recommend that one. Very, very cool. He was left-handed and had great difficulty holding a pencil. But then I realized realize that when has he ever really had an opportunity to hold a pencil and why would he want to? So that sort of explained that away. Uh, there were two videos, one about favorite sounds and one about sounds he hates. Uh, I only listened to the favorite sound one, or, or sorry, I only watched the favorite sound one because, you know, I ran out of time and I figured if I'm going to make the choice between these two videos, I want to hear some nice sounds because that is what this podcast is about, bringing cool nice and interesting things back to you so you can check them out for yourself. Some of the sounds he said were uh, a spring day right before a thunderstorm and he actually likes the thunder. It's almost uh, that kind of almost gave the feeling when he was speaking of that that his senses his other senses are a little more heightened like he was saying you can almost feel the the base of the thunder which uh, I suppose some sometimes you can. Uh, he likes the sound of snapping, people snapping their fingers. <laughs> Most people find that annoying. Champagne, uh, and that sort of the reason for champagne, and the next one, the sizzle of a barbecue. It wasn't even so much the sounds as what the sounds entailed. So champagne, you're having that on an occasion when something good happened quite often, and the sizzle of meat on a barbecue is because... You're going to be hanging out with friends and uh, about to eat something. Seems to very much enjoy food. Oh, you know what I just realized on that sort of uh, thought? Perhaps his enjoyment of food is because his sense of taste is heightened. Possible? Possible. All right, folks, we uh, did it. Yeah, done. Didn't have to rush like the proverbial rooster with its head chopped off. So that's nice. I didn't really want to do anything in the way of teasing, but may as well. I do believe that my next episode will be episode 200. So, you know, that's pretty cool. Uh, I will have a special episode, of course, and will be taking off a couple of weeks, as I do. When I did my 100th episode, I took a week off when I am going to do my 200. 100th episode can take two weeks off so on and so forth so uh this will be the last time before that is my 200th episode that i say what i always say which is of course it is nice to be nice to the nice
Thank you for listening. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine Live long and prosper